بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد بن عبد الله أفضل صلاة وتسليم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله everyone welcome to uh, another year and another um, holy month ذو الحجة حج is around the corner and uh, though the haram remains empty physically empty because of the pandemic um, this is not the first time in Islamic history that it is it has been empty uh, due to floods and catastrophes or wars or pandemics. Nonetheless, the remarkable thing about the Kaaba is that it is a physical structure that is a manifestation um, in or on the physical earth of a uh, higher reality. The Kaaba on earth is a manifestation of al Bayt al-Ma'mur uh, in the heavens. And so though it remains uh, sometimes physically empty, it's never without um, its angelic presences. And it's never without um, the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who throng around um, and hold on to its, its kiswa. Today, inshallah, um, I want to talk about the uh, theme of the Kaaba as uh, the beloved and, and the relationship of the heart or our heart uh, to the Kaaba. Um, inshallah. So in order to do that, we need to um, go back to, uh, like many things, back to uh, the original story, back to origins. You all may know of the story of uh, Adam alayhi salam and Hawa descending uh, from heaven. And in this story, Adam is uh, is. Uh, sent out of heaven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Hawa and brought down to earth. Adam is sent to India while Hawa is sent down to uh, the land of Arabia, an area called Jeddah. And this kind of uh, descent or expulsion from heaven represents a vertical separation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, it's just a separation from the divine proximity or the proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in heaven where both Adam and Hawa enjoyed uh, the pleasure of being in the proximity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of uh, praising Allah and witnessing the angelic uh, uh, presence and the angels praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala around his harsh with the descent there is a vertical separation from one level of reality to a lower level of reality, from existing and abiding in heaven and paradise to living and existing and abiding on earth. This is, of course, part of the divine plan. And um, Allah sends them down to, to earth. But they also experience a horizontal separation. Adam and Hawa are also separated from one another. And so one can say that there is a dual separation here in the very uh, original moment of human history in our descent from heaven. There is to a certain extent a separation from Allah and a simultaneous separation uh, between Adam and Hawa, where in heaven the relationship was one of sakina, pure serenity, in which um, though Adam and Hawa uh, loved one another, it was not one of uh, an earthly love, but rather an abiding love of Sakina, 
in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On earth, there is a separation from Allah and there's also the separation from one another. And that uh, involves and entails um, all the kinds of pain and emotion and yearning involved in the separation from a, a loved one. And so this dual separation, uh, this dual separation, first from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the second from one another, become entangled in the very story of our, uh, of our uh, ancestors, Adam and Hawa. In this vertical separation, of course, it leads to both Adam and Hawa yearning for um, paradise, yearning for hearing the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In paradise, they were able to witness the angels thronging around the divine arsh. They were able to hear the hymns of the angels. On earth, although at the very beginning of their descent, um, in some of the traditions, we are told that Adam continues to hear the praise of the angels. Over time, with this descent from the heavenly realm to the earthly realm, uh, there is also a full descent into um, one's embodied existence, such that uh, Adam's ears or hearing are no longer able to hear the uh, angelic praises and hymns in Alam al ghaib And so this vertical separation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala entails uh, a fall, as it were, a fall from one state to a or one higher state to a lower state. And in some of the traditions, some of the scholars tell us uh, some of the things that um, Adam um, has said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you cast me down to earth, I was cut off from the voices and sight of the angels, and the smell of paradise left me. And so, as a result of this dual separation, Adam yearns for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he yearns for his loved one, um, Hawa. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends him on a journey uh, in search of Hawa. But more than that, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guiding Adam alayhi salam to uh, replicate on earth uh, a house for him so that he can satisfy his desire for his yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Adam salam is driven by a burning desire for Allah and a burning desire for his uh, loved one, Hawa. And he goes on a journey guided by an angel. Uh, often the angel is identified as Jibreel And he crosses over until he arrives in Arabia where uh, he draws close, recognizes, and then is united with um, Hawa alayhi salam. And so these terms, of drawing close, Zuluf, recognizing Arafah and United Jama become uh, terms and sites and parts of the ritual that we still perform to this day uh, in the Hajj. And so this wonderful journey uh, from the point of descent, which in the tradition is identified as India to Arabia, um, traces a sacred ge geography defined by the uh, the lines uh, of uh, yearning and the lines of love that draw Adam alayhi salam uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to uh, Hawa. And so the first house of God is established on earth, Al-Bayt Al-Atiq, the ancient house, the first um, commissioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, guided by Jibreel alayhi salam, 
uh, Adam builds this wonderful uh, structure. And it is said the structure is built in a cubic form or um, in the shape of a, a heel, um, a form that does not really belong to any particular culture or any particular architectural style. This is, um, this is before culture, before architectural styles, um, and before any uh, different type of cultural tastes. The building itself reflects its archetypal essence and origins in heaven above. And so yearning for uh, the angelic uh, um, praise and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the angels teach Adam alayhi salam the primordial rites of circumambulation. And he performs them in the same way that they were performed faultlessly uh, by the angels for thousands of years before Adam descent to earth. Um, and he brings with him from paradise uh, the, the black stone. And so <clears throat> the uh, house is destroyed, it's forgotten um, in the great flood of Nuh alayhi salam. But then it is recovered by uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam in the very famous story we know in the Quran where Ibrahim alayhi salam is guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to escort his wife and his son uh, Hajar and uh, Ismail out into the desert in Arabia in the valley of uh, Mecca or Mecca where the foundations of the house are rediscovered and Ibrahim and Ismail alayhi salam alayhi salam uh, go about raising the foundations of the house to the, its former shape, as it were, uh, originally established by, by Adam alayhi salam. And so this um, tradition of performing the Hajj continues for thousands of years from Ibrahim alayhi salam, Ismail, all the way down to the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam. But during this period, of course, the original rites of the Hajj are forgotten. Uh, however, the love of the Kaaba and the yearning towards the Kaaba still remains in Arabic culture, in pre-Islamic Arabic culture, quite strong. And we know the story of the reconstruction of the Kaaba uh, before the Prophet Muhammad was officially given uh, prophecy. And we know the story of his uh, fundamental role in mediating between the various um, tribes of Quraysh and his uh, elegant, brilliant solution uh, to restore uh, the black stone in the corner of the Kaaba. Islam comes, Prophet preaches in Mecca and Medina, and eventually he returns uh, to um, Mecca. And um, during the period in which he is preaching uh, for Islam, um, he has a burning desire and yearning uh, for for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran tells us about this wonderful episode in the life of the Prophet وسلم, where the Qibla was still in the direction of Jerusalem. Um, but his heart, the Prophet وسلم, yearned for a direction, um, um, a different direction in the Qibla for, um, for his followers. And so we are told in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, we see, uh, we have seen the turning of your face in the heaven. And so we shall therefore make you turn towards a qibla, qibla tan that pleases you. 
So turn your face towards the Holy Mosque, the Kaaba. And wherever you may be, turn your faces towards it. This is addressed to uh, the believers. And so in this wonderful divine recognition um, of the prophetic desire to have the Qibla restored um, to uh, the original Mayt al-Atiq, Allah recognizes uh, this in the heart of the Prophet And in the beautiful commentaries that we read, um, we read this wonderful um, explanation of what this verse actually means. In Tafsir al-Ta'if al-Isharat by al-Qushayri, for example, uh, we read that Allah SWT, uh, that, that Allah SWT recognizes um, the desire of the Prophet for this uh, direction. And al-Qushayri uh, says um, that, that the Prophet preserved the adab, he preserved the etiquette, the manners, um, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by um, remaining silent, not articulating his desire for the Qibla, uh, which was something that he desired in his heart. Um, and he turns his eye uh, towards the, the heavens, of course, not because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the heavens, uh, no, but because um, it, is, it is the direction from which Jibreel was accustomed to arrive. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals the verse, we, uh, we have recognized or we have acknowledged um, yeah, your turning of your face towards the heaven. Uh, and Kushayri says, So, we, we have recognized, we know the question. Um, in your heart that you have not articulated uh, your desire for uh, the change of the Qibla. So we change the Qibla for you. And Qushayri goes on to explain, This is what a beloved does for the beloved. A very beautiful um, expression of uh, uh, by Qushayri because it really explains and goes to the heart of, of the matter, of our relationship, our mortal relationship to the, the Qibla and the Kaaba. It's one in which, though it is a physical structure, which cannot do us any good. Remember uh, Omar bin Khattab kissing the black stone and saying to it, we only kissed you because we saw the Prophet Sallallahu kiss you. But the symbol the Qibla or the, the Kaaba, sorry, becomes a, a symbol of this, a concrete symbol of, uh, of uh, the beloved, Allah subhanahu wa And so a burning yearning or a burning desire for the Kaaba becomes a burning desire for the Habib or the beloved. And uh, by establishing the direction of the Qibla as the, the Qibla of prayer, which restores it back to its original function as the oldest house established on earth for Allah, for, for worship. Allah Ta'ala is giving a gift to the Prophet Sallallahu and his Ummah um, in the form of a concrete symbol uh, of the beloved to which we turn our hearts and minds towards. Because ultimately, a Qibla is something we turn towards for a purpose. Uh, the highest purpose, of course, being um, devotion, love, 
towards the highest being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the highest qibla we can have is the qibla towards the Kaaba, which is becomes an orientation of our being towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Imam Qashayri goes on to say in his commentary on this beautiful verse, وَلَكِنْ لَا تُعَلِّقْ قَلْبَكَ بِالْأَحْجَارِ وَالْأَثَارِ Do not let your heart be attached to the stones and the ruins and the building. وَأَفْرِذْ قَلْبَكَ لِي Single your heart out only for me. Let the Qibla be the objective or um, the uh, goal of your of yourself. Uh, and and the, the real to be that which your heart witnesses. <coughs> Wherever you may be, O believers, let your heart turn towards uh, the masjid. Walakin, this is the, the condition. Let your heart be sincerely purified and sincerely turn towards me. And let your heart's desire, sorry, your heart's witness only me. So we can see in this wonderful verse how the appointing of the Qibla um, as the direction of prayer, the direction of um, our physical direction towards which we pray is nothing but really uh, a means by which we uh, single our hearts out and purify it in the direction uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we may witness him in that direction. Ultimately, if we master this, we can then realize the meaning of the other verse. Wherever you turn, there is a face of God. Wherever you may turn with your heart, with your mind, with your soul, with your eyes, there is the face of God. And uh, in another tafsir, tafsir of Rahman al-Sulami, we find this wonderful expression where he says, we have made the Kaaba the Qibla of your body, and we are the Qibla of your heart. And so here we get this um, uh, beautiful uh, distinction between the Qibla of the body and the Qibla uh, of the heart, which we'll come to uh, in the next few slides, inshallah. Um, but this idea of the Kaaba becoming the uh, symbol of the beloved becomes a um, topos, it becomes a very important um, uh, motif in a lot of Islamic poetry and uh, in the devotional literature. Um, and one of them is the story of Layla and Majnoon. Layla and Majnoon was a story from pre-Islamic Arabia about um, uh, passionate love for the beloved. But in, in the Islamic period, it was um, uh, purified of its um, physical aspects, as it were, and used as a symbol for purely a spiritual kind of love that one has uh, for uh, the ultimate beloved, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this story of Layla and Majnu become a symbolic story of the burning desire that one has for the highest beloved, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've become across this story of Layla and Majnun in the poetry of Nizami 
we come across it in Rumi, we come across it in, in a lot of the devotional literature um, also on the subject. Um, but crucial to understanding this um, Qibla of the body and Qibla of the heart is to understand what the actual heart is. And so Imam Ghazali tells us that the heart is the essence of man's spirit, which is the seed of the knowledge of God. In our bodies, we have a physical heart. Um, we have also a spiritual heart. And when we talk about the heart and when the Quran talks about the heart, it is really talking about that spiritual substance um, that is dependent and linked to the physical heart, but is something else altogether. It's a luminous spiritual and subtle substance. In the same way that our physical eyes give us uh, a vision or view onto the physical world, and our mind gives us a view onto the world of ideas, abstract concepts, the heart is the eye through which we gaze into alam al-ghayb. And so it's extremely important that we uh, give the heart, especially in our contemporary culture, that uh, believes in extreme materialism, we need to restore uh, the dignity of the heart um, and its meaning uh, in our lives. And so we have this outer qibla, as it were, and this inner qibla. Kushairi also goes on to say in uh, another one of his texts, the Kaaba is the house of the real. The Kaaba, the external Kaaba is the house of the real in stone. And the heart is the house of the real in the innermost self. And here he's drawing on, this is a kind of a commentary on a famous sacred tradition, which is uh, well known in the Islamic tradition. Um, Neither my, my heavens nor my earth contain me, but the heart of my believing servant contains me. The sacred tradition suggests here that the heart of the believing servant is vaster than the entire universe and cosmos. The whole world existence cannot contain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the heart of the believing servant can. And so such is the dignity and immense capacity of the heart it is the true faculty within us with which we uh, know Allah Subh'ala and with which we can witness Allah Subh'ala in the cosmos and in ourselves. We shall show them our signs upon the horizon within themselves until it is made clear to them that he is the real. Al-Hujwari, <clears throat> also another great uh, scholar, says, if pilgrims are bound to visit a stone which is looked at once a year. So if we are bound to make the Hajj once a year to the physical building, surely they are more bound to visit the house of the heart where he may be seen 360 times in a day and night. It's a very beautiful way of uh, saying that um, though we are bound to make the outward Hajj once in a lifetime, the inward journey towards the Kaaba of the heart is something that we uh, can never be oblivious of nor fall short of. And Ghazali says, in regards to the inner meanings of Hajj, do not think that the goal of the Tawaf lies in your bodily circumambulation of the house. The purpose is rather circumambulation of your heart through recollecting the Lord of the house. And so here, of course, he's talking about the outward circumambulation of the Kaaba and the inward circumambulation of the heart, which is 
uh, done or the journey is com is completed through recollecting the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, within us. <clears throat> so this relationship between in our inner and outer qibla becomes extremely important um, in Islamic tradition. Imam Abdul Qadr al-Jilani speaks of circum amalik in the Kaaba of the heart also um, in, in many of his writings. And so we get this amazing um, outer Qibla and inner Qibla directionality, where if we, we, we were to break it down, really, um, the outer Qibla is, uh, consists of seven levels and the inner Qibla consists of also seven levels. And of course, the second ambulation of the Kaaba is seven times. And so we can begin to see this relationship between um, the outer Qibla and the inner Qibla and the Tawaf around the Kaaba and the burning and yearning desire to see the Kaaba itself. So the first Qibla is the niche wall, the Mihrab. Wherever we pray around the world, our first, let's say, veil um, is that wall in front of us. But the wall is not our desire. The wall is not that which we direct ourselves towards, of course. Um, the second veil, as it were, is the Kaaba itself. Our outer Qibla beyond the wall of the prayer um, in the prayer niche where we pray in our houses, we're facing, physically facing the Kaaba. So that's the real direction. It's not the walls or the continents that separate us from the Kaaba. That's not um, the real direction. The real direction is towards the Kaaba itself. But then from the Kaaba itself, we move up horizontally from a horizontal axis to a vertical axis. You may recall that the Kaaba on earth is a, um, a manifestation of an archetypal house, uh, the frequented house of Bayt al-Mahmur, in which thousands and thousands of angels perform circumambulation around it for Allah in the heavens. And so once we, so our direction toward the Kaaba is both horizontal and vertical. Horizontal in terms of the direction towards the Kaaba, but then it it then from the Kaaba it moves upwards towards um, Allah who's the real Qibla of our direction. And so beyond the frequented house, of course, is the footstool, Al-Kursi, and beyond that is the fifth veil, which is the Arsh itself, and then the sixth is Allah and the seventh beyond that, which we, we can never attain to, uh, but we direct ourselves towards only is ultimately uh, the divine essence itself. This is in terms of the outer Qibla. In terms of the inner Qibla, the equivalent would be that the niche or wall is the Qibla of the face, wajah, and the body. So we face the Qibla with our body, with our face. But we face the second Qibla, the Kaaba, with our intention. So when we make the intention to pray, we make the intention to pray towards uh, the Kaaba for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then the third uh, Qibla, as it were, or the third inner Qibla or veil is the frequented house, which is something we direct our soul towards. And then our Aqal towards the footstool. And the ultimately the heart is directed toward the Arsh and the Sir, which is within the heart, is directed towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the sirr sir is directed, but can never attain uh, towards the divine essence. And so 
this kind of parallel relationship between the seven levels of the outer Qibla and the seven levels of the inner Qibla, um, this parallel correspondence between them uh, helps explain, partly explain, of course, the, uh, the, the sevenfold journey around the, the Kaaba. The sevenfold journey around the Kaaba means that we uh, move around the Kaaba each time rising, as it, as it were, to a higher level, a higher level through a higher veil until we uh, are able to witness Allah Subh'ala with our heart. Another way of expressing this and articulating it is through the use of uh, this wonderful upwards uh, spiral movement. The divine essence uh, ultimately is the highest level and the niche wall um, is the uh, lowest level. Um, and through our journeying around the Kaaba, we, as it were, move upwards through a spiral, uh, driven by our burning passion and love for Allah Subh'ala. Insofar as our love is intense, insofar as our uh, intention is pure, that becomes the energy that drives the upward movement. Otherwise, all we are really doing is moving around in circles on one plane. So when we go to the Kaaba and we perform our Umrah or our Hajj, our sevenfold or seven cycle movement around the Kaaba can just be on one plane, which is the physical plane. We move around the physical Kaaba seven times um, and all we really get out of it is an emotional high um, because our heart is distracted or our intention isn't pure um, or we don't really have that burning passion for Allah Subh'ala. However, um, if that passion is there, if that love for the beloved is there, um, and if our intention is pure, the mere sight of the Kaaba, even from a distance, brings tears to the eyes and uh, melts the heart. And as soon, we, as soon as we approach the Kaaba and start moving around it, we feel that we're no longer on the same plane with every rotation or with every uh, uh, circumambulation. It feels as if we are moving upwards towards um, a uh, closer proximity uh, to Allah Subh'ala, almost a mi'raj, as it were. This image here beautifully articulates the sevenfold uh, image of moving upwards from the physical Kaaba in the lower part through almost an upward movement, uh, ladder-like, where at every level um, there's a host of angels who pray to Allah Subh'ala until we get to the divine presence where ultimately we can only gaze upon the darkness um, because the veil of majesty is forever um, drawn and never lifted. When the Prophet was asked, uh, did you see Allah Taala on your mi'raj? He said, how can I see him for the veil of majesty was never lifted? And that's symbolized by the darkness of the Kiswa itself, which when we gaze upon it, we don't see uh, anything because ultimately we cannot really witness the divine essence. But the movement of the heart towards it allows us to have limited um, experiences and witnesses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which he grants to those of, of his servants that he chooses. And so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this um, beautiful gift of an upward spiral movement around the Kaaba to hang from the drapery of the Kaaba um, and to uh, have this burning passion and love and desire 
um, in our hearts. May Allah grant us uh, the, the, the gift of visiting Hajj and Umrah, and may Allah Taala lift this pandemic very soon so that his beloveds can come and visit the Kaaba and visit his holy house and um, fill it with host of servants worshipping the perpetual worship of Allah mirroring the perpetual worship of the angelic beings and up in the uh, in the heavens inshallah assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh cambridge muslim college training the next generation of muslim thinkers